Welcome back to the Plant Wisdom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Smith of Guide to Wholeness. And this episode with Tiffany Carroll is one I enjoyed so much and learned so much from, and I know you will as well. So Tiffany draws on her background in science and naturopathic medicine and merges this with her deep passion and developmental understanding of Chinese and energetic medicine. Tiffany is the creator and facilitator of many potent and timely trainings that I've been a part of as well, that all have at their center an embrace of the truth of our awakening creator selves, our unencumbered divinity in the flesh. Through her heart-centered works, she transmits the fundamental essence and language of energetic medicine illuminating the emergent building blocks of the universe so that we may step into our roles as conscious co-creators. She is a true midwife of the soul with a full heart and service supporting the births of the future self. And I resonate so much with Tiffany's work that after taking her course, Tending the Ancestral Wound, um, was a couple months ago, I became an affiliate of her work. So I am going to leave my link in the description so you can check out any of the courses that we talk about. She has an essential oils for empath course. Um, She has a birth trauma course. I believe that's a bonus of the ancestral um, healing course of the generational wounds. And they have changed my life as you'll hear in the episode. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tiffany Carroll. So welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. I'm thrilled to have you here today and to chat about plants with you and the amazing work that you're doing with healing in plants. I'm delighted to be here as well. And of course, so happy to see that individuals like yourself are doing what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. And I was introduced to you by Judith. I was so grateful that she referred your ancestral, um, tending the ancestral wound course. And from there, I was just blown away um, by your wisdom and knowledge in this area and um, excited to chat about that because mm-hmm. right now, as we were just talking about, um, plants have a vibration and a consciousness that can help us um, shift our consciousness right now. So mm-hmm. how is it that plants work vibrationally on the meridian systems of the body? Mm-hmm. I love this question in part because it gets us to think differently than uh, than we've been trained, at least with the Western mind. So in the Western sense of thinking about things, which is, which is marvelous, you know, you break things into their pieces and you understand the mechanics of the pieces by, in the case of science, perhaps understanding the biochemistry. So when we look at essential oils, which is what I focus on in terms of plants, it's, uh, if you looked at it with the biochemistry, it doesn't necessarily take you down the path of understanding the vibrational aspect, 
But if you look at the whole plant, and then we can say the whole oil or the pure essential oil that comes from the plant, which is like the lifeblood of the plant. So we could say the oil carries sort of the core frequency of a plant, of any given plant. Then uh, you can start to get a sense that the plants themselves are like aspects of music. They sing a note. They have a vibrational signature. And the, the meridians, which are just the rivers of chi flow in the body, right? And we have, I think most people know about the acupuncture points. We have these points. So the, the acupuncture points are like vortices of energy, and they're access points. They're actually where our body's energy interfaces with environmental energy and cosmic energy, for that matter. So if you take the music of a plant through the lifeblood of an oil, and you touch it to a point, which is a vortex, that coming together makes music. Yeah. We don't hear it, but we feel it. There's music that's made vibrationally. And so it propagates movement through the whole channel, through the whole meridian. Uh, so that would be that would be the most direct way that I can answer that. Isn't it cool? That is so helpful. That is so cool because in theory, yeah, I know that there's these acupoints, but like how you're explaining it, how they come together, that's really helpful in knowing how that's shifting the energy and I just remember from the two things that stood out to me the most from the ancestral wound course were putting jasmine on your wrist and mm. I think it was vetiver on the lower belly. Like mm. I had some incredible shifts from that. Um, and I would never think to put those oils there. Um, mm. So that's why I feel like that part is so important too, that you can harness that energy in that way. Mm-hmm. And what if, out of curiosity, what did you feel also so people can hear? Like, what did you notice with that? Yes, I believe the Jasmine was about safety and security and like not feeling abandonment. And I felt I noticed in relationships where I think I can tend towards like anxious attachment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really felt like safe, like, okay, this person's not going to go away, I realized like I just had this low grade anxiety always running. And then once I did that, I was like much more comfortable being myself and being vulnerable and all my relationships, like work colleagues, friendships. And that was eye opening because I was like, oh my gosh, it's using this every day. I must have done it for like two or three weeks. So right yeah. on. That's wonderful. Yeah. It can radically, especially if you're doing something like that, that's, that's meaningful, meaningful for you at the time and you do it every day. In my experience, what happens is that the, uh, the oil from the plant combined with the energy of the point. So that point in particular on the wrist being the emblem of trust. So it helps to recalibrate our relationship to trust. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're putting this beautiful oil, which, which has a theme of trust 
on a point that is a theme of trust. And so then places where we've been broken or where, you know, we have distortions around some capacity in ourself, then we do this and we get recalibrated and it's like, oh, I know, I know how to trust now, but it's an embodied yes. change versus just a, like a cognitive change, which sort of only takes you so far, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the piece. It was like the embodiment of doing all the healing work, working with a coach, working with a therapist, like actually embodying it. Um, that's how you can do it with the oils on these points. So that was just life changing. And that was just like two points out of like so many. So it's like, you know, I can't even imagine now I'm still actually like going through and going back. And I feel like mm. that's how powerful it is, you know? Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Yes. So that's just some of the ways. And um, I want to comment on your other courses that I've had a look at. You have the essential oils for empaths, which I think is so important. And um, the, something about transformational healing with the elements and mm -hmm. mental health, emotional health. I'd love if you could share more about that, because I think that's an important understanding for my listener to have. Mm, yeah. So glad you asked. So first the essentials for empaths, what I love about that, th that, uh, perspective, which is a unique perspective for sensitive people and empathic people, myself being an empath, I imagine you're probably an empath, probably most of your listeners are empaths. And, uh, you know, part of the journey of being an empath is that we come to this place where we recognize like, ah, I have this stuff that I'm sort of taking on that is not me or that I don't want. And so then we, then we do for most people, what we do is like, I need to protect myself or I need to get it out of me, which sometimes we do, you know, of course there's a time and a place for that. But most of the time, if, if we can just keep in mind that it's about, when we don't feel good as an empath, it's because we've turned our radio dial and we've tuned into someone else. We've tuned into someone else's vibration because we know how to do that because that's part of our gift. But if we don't realize that what we've done is tuned to somebody else's radio station and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel like us and we feel displaced from our own self, then rather than going, ah, somebody's invaded me or I've taken on all of this other stuff, we go, oh, I'm going to turn my radio dial. So I'm going to turn to the frequency that's me. Uh, that's a that's an incredibly liberating perspective, and so that's sort of the overarching perspective is is a kind of radical shift in how we think about protection by by our agency to turn the dial, but also by our capacity to strengthen our internal chi, our upright chi, our way chi we call it, which is our kind of like our force field. And so we work with certain oils and certain points and certain body zones to do all of that. Wow. That's such an empowering way to look at it because I, I hear so many people and sometimes I can get in that place too, where it's like, oh no, I spent time with this person. I just am now taking on all their like fear or their anger. And it's, it's so easy to get caught up in that. So just switching your frequency allows you to be with that without feeling like you need to detox after or protect yourself. So exactly, exactly. That. And then the, the, um, transforming the elements is, 
is a real, it's a beautiful dive into understanding the medicine of each season and, and how to understand our pathology, our mental and emotional pathology from a, from a, from an ecosystem perspective. So it, it, it's from looking at, because say the, the normal Western perspective is like we hone in on the, the problem, which is the diagnosis. You have anxiety, you're depressed, you're manic, whatever they are, you're insecure. But, but the thing is, so much of our resourcing comes from the ecology that's always with us, our internal body ecology, our family, family ecology, our nature ecology. And so, so if we look at whatever we're suffering with within the perspective of the ecology, then we feel much more resourced and there's like a, there's an empowered thing to do. Oh, if I'm overly critical with myself all the time, within this within the within the understanding of the ecology there are certain things that are needed here this is how i can bring them in and this is how oils can help so that's it. that's it in essence ah i love that and i get a sense and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel that you come to this work with like a really grounded perspective and the spiritual like what is your background for my listener who can get an idea that you combine, mm. um, you know, your background in traditional Chinese medicine with these energetics and spiritual concepts? I It just comes across as very grounded information where I think a lot of um, spiritual teachings and healing can be very out there. So I'd love to learn more. How did you come to where you are now in that place? Mm, I love that question, too. Uh, I grew up in a family that had a, an active addiction and mental illness. And, you know, in part because of that, I, uh, my, my bipolar was the particular bipolar and depression were the, the mental illness dynamics. And my grandfather was delusional bipolar and my mom would go through these big manic episodes and then depressive episodes. And, um, I, I got for whatever, you know, reason without going into detail, how that impacted my psyche as a child is that I didn't feel like I could trust my own perceptions. And I think in part it was because yeah. I would tune into them and I would think that whatever they were experiencing must be the truth because they're the adults and I was tuning into them, you know? So consequently, I, I, I had a fear of, I had a fear of mental illness and I had a, um, a trepidation in relationship to trusting my own ability to perceive accurately. So because of that, I decided early on science is the way for me. Like I need mathematics and black and white, like things that are quantifiable, even though I think I came into this life. Uh, I think we all are spiritual beings, so it's not about being a spiritual being, but I think I came into this life very spiritually curious. Yeah. So, so then 
I went down the full-on science path. You know, I studied biochemistry. That's what I have my undergraduate degree in. And I studied psychology as well because I was fascinated by that. And then part of what happened was I went down a path of studying the evolution of human consciousness because I was completely fascinated by it, like really studying how human consciousness evolves in individuals and in culture and the world at large. And that led me into a particular spiritual path with meditation and study. But even in that path, it was very mental and it was non-wooey. You didn't go there. Like you didn't talk about guides or angels or things you can't see, right? And I think that was good yeah. because it helped me learn that I can count on my perceptions with my five senses. Like I can count on that. I can believe in that. And then in 2012, I was called to move to Ojai, California. And I was going through a kind of a crisis of belief at the time the spiritual community I was in was dissolving. And, and um, I had really disconnected my head and my heart, my mind and my body. I was very smart. I mean, I could talk to you all day about the evolution of human consciousness, but I, I wasn't actually reflecting it in an integrated way in my body. And I didn't actually still fundamentally trust myself because part of trusting ourselves isn't just trusting our mental body. You know, it's trusting our heart. It's trusting our ability to, to discern what to bring up to the top and act from in any given moment, right? This is sophisticated stuff. So I was walking down the street in Ojai, California, which is a very spiritual place. It's, it's surrounded by mountains, the name in Native American um, uh, tongue means the womb. And so I'm walking down the street in this grove of um, oak trees. And all of a sudden, I saw, saw as in knew. So I'm a, um, in terms of, of, of intuitive abilities, I'm a knower. So a clear, clear cognizant. Those are often the people, by the way, that doubt themselves the most because you know it first. And then by the time your mind gets to it, it, it's like, wait a second, you know? So, so anyways, I'm walking down and all of a sudden I see, cause I know all my guides and helpers that are there. And I did it like this cause it's, it was like a choir. It felt like a choir behind me. And I heard what I could only describe as like celestial sounds, the sounds of angels, like angelic choir. And, um, I just I just stopped and cried and cried because though they had never gone anywhere. Those guides had always mm. been there. It's just I wasn't able to be with them in that way for that time of my life because I had to take the journey that I took. And so when when I became aware of them then it was like this beautiful homecoming. And uh, that was sort of the beginning of the next phase of my life. So, so there was the grounded, practical, scientific Tiffany, then the Tiffany that could see and hear angels and guides and, and do mediumship work with people who've crossed over. <laughs> and so because I have, you know, a good foot in each world, I think that's probably why you feel what you feel. Oh, that is so beautiful. I was like, I'm having chills when you describe that experience. And I resonate so much with that too. And just a similar upbringing and not being able to trust yourself. So finding trust in the science, but I do think it's important that you're 
bridging both worlds because they can be very separate. Like I like, it did feel very therapeutic, like a therapy almost model in the Mm -hmm. ancestral course. And I feel like that is so separate from the natural healing world normally and spiritual healing. And they need to like overlap because they benefit each other. So I think both are definitely needed, both worlds. Well said. I'll add something to that. And that's that for individuals at your level of development, at my level of development, probably anyone that would be interested in listening to this, on healing path, this the psychological model and psychological understanding is really important for giving us perspective and for acknowledging the impacts of family of origin, these things. But then at a certain point, if we keep going within that model, we don't actually continue to integrate because we can keep doing kind of mental gymnastics within our own mind and within our own psyche. So so then we have to start in, in my experience, and, and I'm not a therapist, and and I'm this what I'm saying is not anti-therapy mm-hmm. at all. It's it's simply acknowledging right. what you just said that we need both that at a certain point we're gonna need some kind of somatic or body-based embodied and metaphysical metaphysical context for understanding this human experience. Yeah. And that's why I love the oils too, because they bring us into our body and they inherently bring in the metaphysical, even though we we may not consciously think of it that way, it brings the metaphysical into the physical. Yes. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. I love that. The metaphysical is going to be integrated eventually. It has to, it can't be separate. So, and now you're in um, Italy, right? And you're doing, what is your reason for being there? I know you do uh, retreats all around the world. Is that part of it? Mm, Yeah. So how this happened, I'm in Sardinia right now, is uh, I started having these dreams uh, probably two years ago. And in the dream, I was seeing, I saw Sardinia spelled out and I didn't even, never heard of it. So I look it up. And if you, if any, you know, if anybody's listening, I encourage you to look it up. You just see like the most beautiful oceans and valleys and rolling hills. And I was like, oh, I want to go there. And so uh, we came to Sardinia actually two years ago for the first time and really, really loved it. And then came back last year during COVID year, actually, surprisingly, just it felt like by magic that we were able to enter into the country. And we were also connecting with some essential oil producers here in Sardinia. And so that was part of how we ended up getting into the country, but we just fell in love. And so now we would love to to live here part of the year. So that's what we're working on now. And yes, the plan is to have healing retreats here. We live in Sri Lanka part of the year and have healing retreats there. And then we'd like to do that here too, and then spend part of the time in the Pacific Northwest. For me, what I see is that location is medicine. And that ties into the plants Mm -hmm. as well. Like anytime we go to a different place on the earth, there's medicine in that place that's unique to that location. So for example, when we started going to Sri Lanka, I just knew like we have to do healing retreats here because Westerners need 
this vibration of earth medicine, like it's very special there and very unique. It's just, you and it, it, you, you let go there and your digestive system just starts healing just by being on the land. I mean, it's really something. And you eat with your oh hands and the spices. Oh my God. Yeah. And so here in Sardinia, there's some, I mean, I'm still sort of connecting with the land thoughtfully, but there's strong stone medicine here. Mm. Wow. Oh my gosh. I agree with everything you're saying. I completely understand that feeling of being drawn somewhere and then you don't know why. And then you go and you integrate what you're saying, that medicine, that energy. Um, and I feel that way about, I think this year I was drawn to go to Scotland, which that's where I'm from originally, but I haven't been in years. And for some reason it was like, you have to go this year. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to follow that. But I think it's for a reason. And did you go? I love one day to yet to come. Oh, I'm going in September. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I'm listening. This is like listening to that call. And I've listened to that call before Bali called to me. And that was like a very cleansing healing and the vibration there was off the charts. So mm-hmm. I love that you're doing these retreats and eventually mm-hmm. I want to do your master healer um, retreat, which I think is in Scotland, right? I did have a master healer in 2019 was in Glastonbury, which is in England. Oh, it's yeah. super special. Okay, okay. Yeah. All, those were of course all put on hold with COVID. I wanted to share something with yeah. you too, about going to Scotland and just for anyone listening about traveling to the lands from which your ancestors came. It's real. it can be if, if someone has even just a bit of attention on it, it can be really powerful. Um, so just be prepared for anything. And also I would say, keep have in mind doing some kind of an honoring ceremony or an acknowledging ceremony yeah. for yourself and for your ancestors when you're there. My husband and I both have uh, yeah. Irish heritage and we went to Ireland to County Cork, which is where our mother's lines are from. And it was so interesting because the day I arrived in Ireland, I my head was just filled with all of these thoughts of lack, like filled. It's all that was in there. Like there's not going to be oh enough time. There's not enough money. I got served food. That's not enough food. My husband, he's not going to be enough of a whatever, a, a provider. They were. All, it was just filled. And I was just... Um, because you know when your head's filled with lack it's like a downward spiral it's just so uncomfortable and it took yeah. me about a day it almost felt like a kind of possession in a way because this wasn't my normal thinking to be that much in lack consciousness yeah. and then i realized oh this is the vibration of the land the 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 wound vibrate i'm probably not saying it super accurately that way there's a wounded vibration that hasn't been completely transmuted there that also exists within my body that hasn't been completely transmuted. And so, you know, with resonance, you have frequencies coming together and magnifying each other. So the, the frequency of the land brought the frequency of that within me up and they were humming together. So what we did was we went to a river and we took a loaf of bread. I love this story so much. We took a loaf of bread. This was like an impromptu ceremony. We sat down on the edge of the river and we'd take a piece of bread off and we'd say something about our mothers that we um, 
loved and that we fully embraced integrating into our being. And then we'd take another piece of bread and we'd say something that we were ready to have a legacy change around. For example, alcoholism, we'd say, okay, with this, with us, this stops, right? And so we just did this until all the bread was gone. There was no bread on the ground, nothing. And then over across the river, and this is a big river, you know, raging river. It's going fast. These two swans come over and at first they're coming and I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking, oh, so beautiful. The swans are coming. And then, then I got scared. I was like, oh, are they, are they going to be like geese and they're going to come aggressively after us? And so I'm just standing there like ready to run if I need to. And But we were also both just silent, like, wow, what's happening? They come all the way over to us. They stop right in front of us. They turn and face each other. And then they go like this. And they stayed like that. It felt like quite a long time. It was probably 20 seconds or something, but we were just both crying, crying, crying. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's powerful to travel to the land of your ancestors. That's magical. That's like, that's a similar summer ceremony that I want to try doing. And I totally feel that I'm being called there for that reason, for healing. I'm on a healing journey these last few months, which I think everyone is, that we have this opportunity to go within. And the ancestral healing piece has been a huge part. I think we're being called right now. And let me know what you think about this, that ancestors want us to heal those patterns and in order to move forward with the new earth, the new world that we're building. Yes, I I agree. I I know that in the work that I have done over the years with my teacher, Jill Purse, who's wonderful, she's in England and she, she does some very powerful ancestral healing work. And, um, part of what we do is we, in the, in, in the work is have a, an ancestral altar where you can put, you know, a picture of your ancestors or some objects and, and there's practices that we'll do every day for 30 days. You, When you pass by the altar, you just simply gaze upon it and you acknowledge your ancestors and your ancestral lines. Uh, I don't do that particular practice anymore in part because we move around. But one thing I do every time I pray, as I always say, um, deep bow and acknowledgement to all of the ancestors who have come before us, all the way back to the first peoples and all the way out to the star beings. And like, I don't know if you can see, but my whole body starts shaking every time I do that. Like it starts in the center of my belly and then it just quivers and it's completely involuntary. I don't know what it means, but, but it clearly is powerful. And, and it's like, I know that in the moment that I say that there's a connection that's made. And in, in my experience, the, the ancestors are here to support us and by us connecting with them, there's, I don't know if it's the right word to say we support them, but let's just say it's a mutually beneficial relationship when we acknowledge the ancestors and connect with them. And I would also just say for anybody who, who has ancestors who maybe traumatized them or ancestors that were cruel to them specifically, you don't have to necessarily tune into them. You can tune in. I say, Tune into the way back ones. That's what I call them. The way, way back ones, <laughs> the way back ancestors, because then you don't have, you know, stuff that comes up that's unresolved, but you're still acknowledging your ancestral lines that way. Yeah, that's a super helpful perspective shift around that because it can be hard 
especially with this side of the family that I'm going to school and it was, there was a lot of like conflict and addiction patterns and all that. And so, you know, there was some resistance of, and I think even when I go there too, it's like this very like down energy that it's probably just bringing that up, like you were saying for me to heal. So there was some apprehension, but I was very called and I saw the positive side over it, like connecting what you said, like they want to support you Mm -hmm. And you can look at them the way back ones to support Mm -hmm. you in that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. That's so powerful. So this goes perfect into the next question. Um, What does it mean to birth our future self? And I think it's very timely that we're talking about this right now. This morning I was just writing about rebirth and everything that goes into that and what it means. Um, And I'd love to hear your perspective of, what it means to rebirth your future self. Mm. That's cool. I know rebirthing is a whole uh, sort of area of study, and I think there's practitioners that guide through that process, which I haven't been trained in, so I can't necessarily speak to that. But my ta- my sort of tagline on my websites is hone your inner brilliance and birth the future you. And I love that, that line, like that, you know, that's taken, even though it came in a moment, you know, there was like 30 years of my professional life of helping being of service to myself and others for that, that sent that line to come. And it's so spot on for, for who I am and why I'm here as a cultural midwife. And so in my experience, when we connect with our future self, because Time, as we understand it, you know, within the norm, within the 3D reality is like there's the past and there's the future and we're here in the present, right? But but there are many dimensions of experience, number one. Number two, time is also not linear. One version of our understanding of time is linear. There's other understandings of time where it's not linear. And... uh I, in my experience, our future self is always present. And if we choose to connect with our future self, it can be so helpful because you just think about like, just think, how old are you right now? 30. 30. Okay. So you've gone through your Saturn return. I'm sure a lot of stuff came down during those years. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, if you could kind of from your, from your vantage point now, say to your 26 or 27 year old self, like, honey, it's going to be okay. I promise you, like you will make it through this and you will be so much stronger in the end. Right. Like if you could say that to yourself, wouldn't that have been such a big help? So, so So I do. So much help. So I do believe in, in it's, it's, even if you don't believe if, if somebody that's listening doesn't believe what I'm saying, and I don't ever ask anyone to take what I say, you know, run it through your own filter system, but, but just as a helpful thought practice, think to yourself, if my future self is always with me, and if what I want wants me, if what I want wants me and I'm becoming what more of what I want and more of what I desire by simply desiring it, by the way, because the desire helps us bridge the gap. Desire is so important. So, so in this moment, 
I can actually put my attention on my desire for having a home in Sardinia. And that desire helps bridge the gap from where I am, maybe doubting that it's possible for whatever reasons, to my future self that can be like, honey, here you are in your gorgeous house that you want, that wants you. And there's a very um, beautiful kind of reassurance that can happen. And that reassurance can act like a tractor beam and sort of pull you to it. So in terms of birthing our future self, part of it is like we start to we start to imagine what is my future self? Who is she? How is she? And that takes us directly into, well, who do I want to be? Who do I want to become? How do I want to live? And those two things bring together, right? Where we where we are and where we want to be. Does it make sense? Oh my God. It makes, so this is what I mean. I feel like you talk about this so practically, like, yes, that makes complete sense of how you work with that energy and the desire piece is so important. I, in the last few days, I just realized you need to own your desires. Like what you did with Sardinia, like you heard that and you said, this is a desire I have, because a lot of people I think think, oh, like I can't do that right now, or I shouldn't even desire that. And that's like the block, but then the desire is like, the what's pulling it and connecting it, what you're saying. I think that's so important to understand. So important. And I'll also add on to that because you had mentioned to me that a lot of your listeners are healer uh, type people that, um, you know, being in the healing arts myself, there's this mentality that goes with it that like, you know, we shouldn't, if we were, if we're, if we're being spiritual beings, we shouldn't want material things or we shouldn't want to make a lot of money, you know, like shame on you. If you're spending a lot of money on this, when there's people suffering, like there's that thing that goes through. And I am only, I'm not laughing because, uh, let's just put it this way. I know that the, the, the disparity is, and the injustice is mm -hmm. very real, but I'm laughing about the conundrum of that paradigm, which leaves you trapped. It's, and it's not helpful. Yes. And so what I found is actually like the more that I honor, even the desires that are totally materialistic, like to, like, I love, I love staying in luxury hotels. <laughs> this is one of my favorite yeah. things. We, you know, I love going and staying in four and five star hotels that I, I kind of plan out and I find them and you walk into these places that are works of art and I feel what happens in my body when I'm in them and like how I rest on these sheets that are super high thread kept like th these experiences are incredible and and when I actually acknowledge the desire and I endeavor to to accomplish that desire and I'm not doing harm to anyone else in you know in the doing of it yeah. I actually become more of available to be of service in this life because guess what I get to be more of myself because I get to be more of myself because as long as I'm denying desires that are there I'm actually denying parts of myself which make me weird inauthentic you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that just created a shift in me and I'm sure for my listener too because that healer mindset trap whatever I don't know where that came from but that is in the way. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. So owning your desires, that's how you get in that flow of rebirthing your future self. And um, how can plant spirits support this? So 
the spirits in general, the plants. Um, I'd love to hear you share about that. Yeah. Okay, great. You're such a good question asker. I love it. Um, what, what I found with, so I'm not, um, even though I've studied herbs for many years, I don't consider myself an herbologist, nor am I necessarily a specialist in plants per se, but in essential oils, I have a lot of expertise there. So specifically in that realm, that's what I'm going to speak to. And, uh, what I see is that we, we as humans, you know, we've been on this trajectory from, for some time of getting so far off from true We've gotten so far off from true and without going into the reasons of why, but just acknowledging that there are distortions in frequency, there are major distortions and disruptions in how we connect to direct power. And, and so when I see us, you know, collectively, like all kind of weird, <laughs> You know, neurotic with our, <laughs> like we're neurotic with ourselves. We're overly self-conscious. Yeah. We get anxiety being around other people. Like there's, these are, these are sort of weird. Yeah. If you, if you look at it from like, oh, Hey, you know, we're just natural beings here, part of. <laughs> so, so when I look at all of this, I realized that the way to remember our natural selves really has to come from nature herself and not everybody is go is willing or is interested in you know going out and doing a vision quest and camping <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever it might be to really commune with nature. You know, I did that when I was younger, but I'm not necessarily interested in it now. But I love nature yeah. and I know the value of taking in and be in communing with her vibrations. So for oils, when we come together with an oil, whether it's that we take in the fragrance by smelling it or we place it on an acupoint, which I call aroma point therapy, it helps us to remember our natural selves. It helps us to bring online resourcing that went offline somewhere in our life or somewhere in our ancestral legacy, it went offline. And so we get to be put back together. We get to, uh, you know, I'll, do I have time to share a short story about that? That's powerful. Yes. Yeah. So just to give a concrete example, I was once teaching a seminar in, in New Jersey, uh, Aromapedia point, which is the aroma point therapy on children. And uh, people could bring children in live to the workshop. And so this mom brought in her child who was maybe um, probably 14 months, 16 months, something like that. He was a toddler. And he had, uh, I guess it's a, a kind of an enmeshment syndrome, attachment syndrome. Like he would not let go of her for anything. And if she had to, it was a separation yeah. anxiety, but extreme. Like he, if he was away from her for, if, you know, he would start screaming. So they came in, he was yeah. cling, he was clung onto her. Right. So she put him, uh, she came over and all she could do to allow me to kind of step in was set him on the massage table, but he was still clinging on to her mid body here. And so he's facing her like this into her bosom and I'm standing behind her. So the first thing I did was bergamot or bergamo, however you want to say that one on um, 
Shenmin, point Shenmin in the ear. And by the way, if anybody wants to find out more about that and how it works and how to do it, if they go to my YouTube channel, which is Tiffany Carroll, C-A-R-O-L-E, there's videos on, on this and how to do it. So I did that first because as soon as the mom's energy changes, the infant's energy is going to change because she's the dominant energetic, right? So I started with her. So you could already feel him start to relax a little bit, like he loosened his grip a little bit. Then I went and I put diluted coriander seed on his spine. And I talked about coriander seed a lot in the tending the ancestral wounds because it heals the wounds of lack. So if he's not letting go of her, he's afraid of losing something, right? So that's a that's a lack piece. And it didn't make any sense. He he hadn't had anything traumatic happen in his, you know, 15 months on the planet that the mom knew really? of that would cause this. It was unexplainable. It didn't it was something beyond, right? So I put the coriander seed on his spine. Within 20, 30 seconds, he completely let go of her scooched himself around, started picking up the oils and looking at them on the table, right? And all of us are just silent, just like jaw dropped. <laughs> and then he wiggles down and she helps him get off the table and he doesn't cling on to her. And we're still just like, <gasps> and then he goes over to the area where the other children were and starts socializing with the children. And we're still all silent, just like waiting for him to realize that he does it a different way. And then he looks over at her walks over, walks past her, gets an oil and takes it over to show the kids. So that Aww. is, that's the profundity of how the plant spirits help us remember lost parts of ourselves or lost capacities within ourselves. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. And it's so simple too, like just applying two oils to the spine. Like it's very... You don't need a lot. I love that. And and I thought that was interesting too that you said like the mom's energy had a role in that too. So like her using the oil as well as like balancing since she's a dominant energy, that's so fascinating. And mm -hmm. I think the oils help in both of those ways. And mm -hmm. that's just so beautiful. And I highly recommend the attending the ancestral wound course. And I think mm. you had a bonus, right? Or it was, uh, maybe it's a different course where yes. it was like the birth. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, the tending the ancestral wounds is, yeah, there's, I added a bonus to it, which has a, a lesson on birth trauma. Yeah. That was, that's a powerful one. That was so powerful. And I know you had another, I think once you started talking about kids, um, you have another course, right? For kids and or I think it was dealing with traumatic events um, mm. that came up from the fires, right? Mm. Oh, in the, uh, yeah. So if anybody's interested in any of my courses, they can go to the Master Healer Academy. Will you include a link with this? Yes, okay, so, I will. So, so yeah. then people can just click on that link and there's something on there if you know that's totally free it's called the aroma point treasure chest and there's some various things in there oh, that yeah. you can check out that have the um the protocol for evacuees and displaced persons and part of what i was sharing in that is that look even if if you're not actively in a situation where you're an evacuee or a displaced person we've all experienced displacing ourselves in order to people please or fit in or not be rejected, you know, so, so it ministers to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that you can apply it to all those ways too. So 
Um, it's been just such an honor and a joy mm-hmm. to chat with you. And I know this wisdom that you shared is going to impact my listener and help them see how essential oils specifically on AccuPoints can help them mm-hmm. rebirth their future selves. So mm-hmm. I want to say thank you so much again, yeah. Tiffany, for coming on the podcast. And mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy Sardinia. I just remember in the ancestral course how you'd get little deliveries of a cappuccino by your <laughs> partner and I was like that's the life right there <laughs> like that's goals <laughs> yes agreed <laughs> mm, well it's been such an honor too true honor and true joy and and thank you to anyone who's listening I hope we get to connect and certainly reach out if you have any questions Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, I would love to hear from you in a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. And I asked this because I haven't made the ask before, but I really want to improve this podcast and really make it better for you and as my listener and what you're interested in. So I would love to hear what you're enjoying from this podcast. I love to know what you would like to see on upcoming episodes and I'll incorporate that in. And also what you would like to see change. Is there something that could be better? We want to continuously improve on our end and your feedback is going to help. So if these conversations have shifted your vibration, your awareness, your perspective, and given you new tools to connect with nature and heal yourself, please leave a review for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And you can also, once you share the review or even an episode that really, really resonated with you, if you share to your Instagram story and tag Guide to Wholeness, I would love to have this podcast reach the people that need its medicine most. Thanks so much and see you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.